All right, glad you're with us. 800-941-SEAN. Toll-free telephone number. You want to be a part of this extravaganza. 203 days to go until you, the ultimate jury, get to the polls. We do have some uh, new information. 2020, Obama has decided finally in the middle of a national emergency pandemic to endorse quid pro quo Joe the ever-confused Super Thursday candidate of the Democratic Party. Hey, we'll get to that today. Uh, Sanders' campaign reps are are literally bolting and revolted over Sanders' endorsement of Biden, openly attacking uh, Biden. They are are ticked off over that. Um, There is some other things that that we will get to in the course of the program involving politics. Uh, Dr. Oz, obviously we have our... Medical update of the day. The great, big, huge, massive undertaking and challenge will be the leveling has happened in New York, the epicenter. We see signs of it everywhere else. Um, that is a good thing. We want, you know, the, the like everyone talked about, for example, in New York. All right, we need 3,000 hospital beds at the Javits Center. Army Corps of Engineers did it. Government came in, federal government, Army, Navy, Air Force, Marines, Coast Guard. They were there. They they manned it. The same with the comfort. Mostly, thankfully, not needed. But at different points, different times, you go with the information that you have available to you and you make a decision based on, you know, models and projections, which in this case, thankfully, have, have so far proven to be way off and wrong. But look, if one person dies from anything, you're not happy. Nobody can be happy. I, I wish that we we didn't lose tens of thousands of Americans to the flu. I wish we found cures for cancer. Um, I always, from the beginning of this, said um, I put my hope, my faith, my belief in the medical professionals, the scientists, the researchers, the doctors, the the nurses, the medical staff of, of these hospitals that bravely go into work every day. You know, there's amazing stories about how people uh, that are hospital workers contracted COVID-19, they recover, and then they get right back on the front lines. I mean, just amazing heroism every single day. The worst of times, the best of times, I mean, in the sense of you see the worst in people and the best in people. The good news for this country is we, the people, the people of this country are great and they rise to the occasion. Now, politics being what it is, it sinks to the lowest common denominator. I mean, now Democrats, after they make, you know, the relief package, uh, displaced workers that have been waiting for their monies, 80 million American workers will have their relief money in their bank accounts this week, a week earlier than had been originally projected. Uh, They have also, and we'll put it up on Hannity.com, if you think you were supposed to get it and you don't get it, and it might have been a mistake, or if you didn't file a 2018 or 19 uh, uh, tax form, uh, that there's a mechanism by which, or you're self-employed, whatever, Maybe you didn't have to file because you didn't meet the requirements, whatever it happened to be, or maybe you were sick, whatever whatever it was. They, they have a means to help you out as well. So that part is getting done. Democrats, you know, the corrupt, coward, congenital liar, now he's demanding the media stop airing the White House briefings because of misinformation. Oh, okay, in the middle of a national emergency. This is where Adam Schiff's head's at. And it's, it, is, it is just one example of this rage and psychosis that these Democrats, 
uh, the impeachment Democrats, the hate Trump Democrats, the media mob, they cannot stop themselves, will not stop themselves. Medical workers and professionals, they go all in. They give everything they've got. They go above and beyond. America's corporations, they have gone all in building ventilators and masks and shields and gloves and gowns and and pharmaceutical companies and, you know, Abbott and LabCorp and big box stores. I mean, amazing, amazing, all hands on deck greatness from and the genuine goodness of the majority of this country comes out. And then you got the Democrats and the mob. All they've done, they've said nothing. But just attack this president just like they did for the last three and a half years. That is their never ending, nonstop, gut, you know, reflexive. I mean, I don't even think they know it at this point. They're so psychotic, so full of rage and, and hatred that they can't for five seconds, even in the middle of a national emergency, put put politics aside. But then the president goes out there and beats the living crap out of them yesterday with their own words. You know, there's been a lot made of timelines. And, you know, early on, Hannity, he said it was a hoax. No, Hannity did not say it was a hoax. Just the opposite. And you can look on Hannity.com and you could see Sean Hannity was interviewing on January 27th, Anthony Fauci. And we were talking about, do, do we need to think take this more seriously? That was... The 27th was six days after the first known case of coronavirus in the country. We did that on the 27th. On the 28th, we had Dr. Josh and, and all these other medical professionals. What do you think of this? Do we have to worry about this? My big thing early on, and I interviewed the president in early February about it. I asked the president about it, discussing, you know, the closing of borders. By that time, he had put in place the travel ban and the quarantine and then later subsequent travel bans and he was got the crap beat out of him for it. If you want to test the intellectual honesty of the media or Democrats, ask them now, was that one decision, the travel ban, of which he was called racist, xenophobic, hysteria, hysterical xenophobia, fear mongerer, and worse, we're seeing it, we're stigmatizing the people of China. New York Times, same thing. They all have their timelines. Now, look, there's, there's certain things that factor into everybody's timeline. If you believe in nuance and context and texture to remarks, uh, the Chinese lied to us. They lied to the world. There's a, a study in Great Britain. Ninety five percent of this all could have been prevented had China reached out to the world scientific community. That would have largely been us and Israel and, and other great countries, too. And said, hey, can you help us? We got something here that doesn't look good. And open their doors, let honesty prevail, the health of the world community prevail, instead of lying and covering up and, and using the World Health Organization, the large extent of which we fund as their propaganda mouthpiece, we could have prevented a lot of pain. We would have, we would have been able to mitigate this, stop the dead in its tracks in all likelihood, but we weren't being told the truth. Um, we've talked all throughout February. Scientists working on vaccines. They were able to break the sequence of this thing in a month. I mean, that was amazing breakthroughs. It used to take years to do that. I talked a lot about how the travel ban was the smartest decision this president made. He got the crap kicked out of him. If you want to check the intellectual honesty of anybody in the media mob 
or any Democrat like Schiff, who now is demanding the media stop airing the the president's press briefings in the middle of a national emergency uh, and a pandemic and a health emergency. Uh, he's now been involved in, in starting an investigation in the middle of the emergency into the Trump response to this, which is better than theirs. Um, because they were impeaching him at the time that he was instituting the travel ban. It's unbelievable how how absolutely out of touch, how how blinded by rage and hatred that that is where their mind goes. I don't understand it. There's plenty of time between now and Election Day in 203 days. We'll have plenty of time to do politics. But telling the Ameri- the president goes out there, he informs the country, how many masks do we have? How many respirators do we have? Let's talk about hydroxychloroquine. Tell us why you think it's, it, that we have hope. Uh, tell, about, tell us about why Dr. Wallace, the foremost authority on hydroxychloroquine, is saying that the risk is nil, again, in consultation with your doctor. But all of that, ask the mob if that was a good decision in hindsight. No politician running... This year, in 203 days, should get through their campaign and not have to answer in detail whether the president institution of a travel ban was a good decision. And then all the rules changed on pandemics, public, private partnerships, uh, off label use, getting rid of draconian laws, right to try compassionate use off label, you know. All the doctors I know are telling me the same thing. They want hydroxychloroquine with zinc and in many cases, although it does complicate in some cases, azithromycin. I can only tell you what Dr. Wallace said. I can only tell you what I would do. I'm not a doctor. I'm not going to start playing one on TV. But from the get go, we had the best people, the best scientists, the best minds working on all of this. And and we now will have a vaccine sooner. But a vaccine is 15 months, probably a best away. But there's going to be the challenge now. We can't ruin the entire country in the process. This is where the economy comes into play. And this is where how we open up the country is going to be pivotal with the knowledge and the understanding that there's going to be. It's not a matter of if it is when there will be rebounds in certain hot spots. Now, it probably means a few new normals that nobody's going to like. Social distancing still will probably be in play, even in areas that are less densely populated. Um, You're going to have, if you want to open a city like New York, you got a whole host of challenges that don't exist elsewhere. Smallest geographical region with the highest concentration of people. What is the new normal for New York? Well, the new normal would be, okay, you you need non-essential employees home. That creates more social distancing in the workplace. New normals probably mean we got to get a lot of gloves and a lot of masks and people going into buildings are going to have to suck it up and it's going to suck walking in with masks and gloves, et cetera, et cetera. Purell is, you know, probably going to be a big part of our future. Um, Temperature checking going into building will be a part of it. You know, it sounds easy, even though Abbott has developed and to their great credit, a five uh, minute test for coronavirus, and they have this little toaster size uh, machine that is a part of it, okay, building tens of millions of them, which we would need to test everybody, is, you know, oh, we could just wave a magic wand and build them. It's not that easy. And then the chemical agents that are necessary, and this has to change in terms of, of building the actual specific test 
to get the positive or negative result. Well, a lot of those agents come from China. Well, that's all got to change. Anything that has to do with health, all those manufacturing jobs need to come back here. Um, but a lot of people were late. A lot of people got it wrong. I am not critical of Dr. Anthony Fauci, as some wrote today. I'm not. This guy has spent his entire adult life dedicated to pandemics, treatments, cures, and saving lives. But even he didn't know on February 29th when he said the risk is low. Um, and, I, you know, or Anderson Cooper on March 4th. You need to worry more about the flu. Or Governor Cuomo, March 2nd. We're better than these other countries. Our health care system, nobody saw it. Trump saw a lot of it. It's incalculable. I don't know how he did it. I don't know why he did it. From what I hear, nobody in the room advised him to do it. They all advised him against it. He put the travel ban. It bought us time, and it prevented this from being exponentially worse. Give the guy credit. Now, if Democrats can't acknowledge that, and the mob and the media that got their heads handed to them, rightly so, after this hit piece in the in the New York Times, which was telling people in February to travel to China that it's safe, idiots that they are, and it's the Trump virus and every other dumb thing that they said, um, you know, they deserved every bit of it. And uh, this is propaganda. This is terrible. Well, I was telling people March 2nd, we better take coronavirus seriously. That wasn't what most people were saying March 2nd. That's not what they were saying on CNN. That's not what they were. Governors were saying they weren't, you know, the president's response saved lives. And I talked early in March. We need all hands on deck because I saw this in January and February. I was talking about asymptomatic people shredding the virus. Wasn't good. As we roll along, Sean Hannity Show, 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program? I, it is frustrating that in the middle of this, the same people that have fed us lies, hatred, animosity, conspiracy theories, hoaxes, that they can't even for five seconds put aside petty politics, unite around a common cause. Virus doesn't discriminate. I said this early in February uh, of this year. This, this, this virus doesn't discriminate. Conservative, liberal, Republican, Democrat. It'll take us all down if it can. To put it aside for the good of everybody, there have been people that have weaponized this politically from day one. People that missed on a, on a profound level what was happening. And no matter what Donald Trump does, we'll never acknowledge or give him the credit that he deserves for making good decisions and mobilizing a, a, a medical emergency that's never happened in history. All right, 25 till the top of the hour, toll-free, 800-941-SEAN. If you want to be a part of this extravaganza, we got our medical update. Dr. Oz, Governor Christy Nome, South Dakota, uh, she's making some bold decisions for her state, reopening the country, which never fully closed. How do we know? Because there's plenty of food in our stores, in our grocery stores. By the way, a lot of credit. You got to give these grocery chains uh, a, a whole, Albertsons to uh, I'm not I've, I don't even know the names a Pathmark, Publix, Giant uh, Shop, right? Kroger's, Kroger's, uh, which is the one I stop and shop. I don't know. I go to all of them. Um, whole Foods, if you like, you know, 
you know, more healthy variety. Trader Joe's, more healthy variety. That's Aunt Teddy's Walmart, play Target. favorite. Walmart, Target, Super Walmart, Super Target, Super Super everything. H-E-B I mean, if you're in Texas. Okay. Are you on air or off air? Because I have I'm no idea. I'm on air. I'm just having a little fun. Well, with nobody, that. I don't know. And by the way, just so people know how hard radio can be sometimes, I'm actually talking and she's talking in my ear and it's not on air. And I'm like, I can't function mentally if you're doing that. It drives me nuts. But you're right. All these places are open. And how do they stay open? Because the supply chain stayed open. And that means the truckers, that means the farmers, that means the, the people that box this stuff up, they're all working. Same with the pharmaceutical companies. How are we keeping the stocks um, of, of the needed medical safety equipment? How, do, how, are we, how are we getting this to the hospitals? Because those people are working. Well, I think for probably, I'd say, 90% of the country... It's, I'm not saying it's easy. I'm going to say there's new normals. But one thing I didn't mention, we have got to establish now that medical privacy has got to be maintained for every American. Now, I know in other countries, they're actually tracking COVID-19 positive people. Um, that is not going to fly in this country. I mean, what we saw unfold in, in certain states so over the weekend for Easter Sunday and drive up services and the Kentucky governor and we're going to take down people's license plates and $500 fines here, there and everywhere. And in Pennsylvania somewhere dragging this guy off a bus because he didn't have a mask on. OK, everybody calm down. This, these are new normals. There's going to be hiccups, but you don't go and, and rip up and shred the Constitution when you don't have to do that to achieve the goal that you want to achieve. I would say the overwhelming majority of people, let's say 98%, is my guess. If you tell them that if you test positive for COVID-19, here's a piece of paper. This is what you need to do. You need to figure out how when you get home, you're going to isolate yourself and not and do everything possible to prevent everybody in that home from contracting the virus. You need to now think, think back. Who were you in contact with in the last 14 days? Not an easy task, but if you're but make yourself a list and then write those people to say confidentially, uh, you probably need to get tested. Tell them, inform them, so then they can pull back from being around other people while they get their test, and hopefully it'll be negative. That's just a most people will be responsible and respectful of other people, not wanting other people to contract a, a, a virus, which for some people, older people in particular, compromised immune systems, underlying conditions, could be a death sentence for them. And that just is responsible. You don't need to mandate. Now, what are the new normals I'm talking about? I'm not talking about denying anybody, anybody's civil liberties, constitutional rights, uh, or medical privacy. Just the opposite. I'm saying right up front, there's no solution for opening the country that can take those things away. Because that is what separates us uh, from a lot of these dictatorships. But I do think we have a willing population as we've watched and witnessed heroism and contributions from people in all sectors of the country. I do think that's all possible. Um, now, for those parts of the country that are less densely populated, it's going to be a lot easier for them to get everybody up and running. 
Now, certain businesses, and I'm putting New York City to the side for a second because that's the biggest challenge. For social distancing is great. You can do it at work. I think a combination of non-essential personnel, and you can monitor their, their time on their computers. You can do certain things you can do if you're an employer to make sure those people are not putting their feet up and watching Days of Our Lives if they even have those shows anymore. I have no idea because I wouldn't watch it if it was on. Um, or watching Jeopardy reruns or, or Wheel of Fortune reruns. But there will be certain measures. Employers will figure that out. Employees, if they want to keep their jobs, are going to have to figure that out for themselves. But that's got to be a part of it. That's a new normal, which is not a bad thing. I mean, working from home, we worked it out on radio and TV. It's a little complicated, um, but we've got it done. Linda has a line in her house. I have a studio right by my house that we had built uh, and a TV studio. There are certain people in here every day just... You know, I just make sure James has a mask on at all times. I'm kidding. Um, sweet baby James, that is. But there's ways to do it. Um, there are certain people that are essential personnel that are going to have to come in. So what does a new normal mean? Well, they have these thermometers that are non-invasive. They, I had this when I went to the UN, uh, what do you call it? The UNSM Comfort, the Navy hospital ship. I had it, my temperature taken by a military, a Marine. I think this kid was from Ohio. Great kid. I was talking to a lot of these young young men, and they're there, and they're amazing people. And they just pointed at your forehead. Up comes, it was 98.8. I was two-tenths higher, but I passed. And, okay, so they, have, they also have other ways to do it, but not invasive. So companies, especially when you start working your way out of the less densely populated parts of the country, which is a significant part of the country, into the Atlantas, into the Miamis, into oh, Vegas has a big headache on their hands moving forward. Uh, but we got to deal with it um, and we want them to prosper. I want I don't want people that deal cards out of work, bartenders out of work, waiters and waitresses out of work. They, they need to pay their mortgages. We, we're going to have to delicately figure that out. Um, Los Angeles, San Francisco, more than Los Angeles. You know, Gavin Newsom's done a good job out there. Uh, and then you're going to have to, but I think all of that can happen sooner than later. The biggest problem they will face is, all right, how do you, you know, we're all going to want to go to football games in the fall. Everybody's going to want to go to concerts sooner than later. Um, if we really dig down deep now, I, I would think we might be able to get ready for football season, college football, professional football um, I think the country is going to be ready for it, uh, but there's got to be certain things that will have to be considered. I don't have those answers. Is it a combination? You got to wear a mask and gloves. I don't know. C coupled with temperature checks. I don't know. Uh, that would be one way I think you could successfully do it. I think we'd have the time to to make the masks, make the gloves, get it done. Would it be an as annoying as hell to football fans? Yeah, um, but I think, you know, for, for a period, if we want to keep people healthy, we could do it. And we can watch, you know, because I, I, I want to get outside. I don't know about the rest of you. I'm going nuts. I make sure I just get outside and breathe some air every day. Um, so that'll be a challenge. Restaurants are going to be a challenge. Look, I know for myself, and I, I got, remember when I first said it, before anybody else really thought about it or it became common, I, 
I I said, well, I'm, you know, oh, great news on Long Island and, you know, whatever it was, you know, one of my favorite restaurants was open. Then everybody that cares about my security is like, you're an idiot. You just told everybody the four restaurants you go to. And I'm like, I don't really care. My life's an open book for the most part. I just don't care anymore. Um, but anyway, so in the interim, if you can, these restaurants are doing drive-up pickup. These restaurants are delivering many of them. You know, you still want to eat out. But, you know, in the interim, we can help them that way, at least just barely keep their heads above water, keep some of their employees working. The monies have been appropriated, but we want to get these restaurants up and running. Maybe you have social distancing. They got to reduce the number of tables, certain distances between it. I don't know. You certainly can't put a respirator on and go to a restaurant. Um, That's not going to work. Bars, it even gets tougher. Highly concentrated areas. I mean, you're in each other's face. I don't really go to bars, so that's not a problem for me, but it's a problem for bar owners and bartenders and waitresses and waiters. It's got to, you know, these people make their living. They got mortgages to pay, rent to pay. They got car payments that got to go out. And yet we can't bankrupt the country. There's only so many relief packages that this country is going to be able to absorb. And printing money is not going to be an answer. We, that's why we've got to get this down fast. Now, you know, you look at, for example, you know, we now have in the pipeline, assuming that a rebound is when, not if, we have massive quantities of supplies that are now in the pipeline for reopening purposes. All the ventilators we're ever going to need now are still being built. The president's, you know, clearly indicating that he's going to send some to other countries that are still struggling, that don't have any and probably didn't have the Defense Production Act capabilities that he had. We have, you know, millions of N95 masks are continuing to be manufactured. We'll build up our national stockpile, but it could also be used to get Americans back out working and and going out again safely. Millions of medical gowns and gloves, that's true. Um, You know, the things that we've been able to mobilize, and this infuriates me about the mob and the media, too is, you know, the president builds a 3,000-bed hospital with the Army Corps of Engineers at the Javits Center. Thank God they didn't fill those beds. They filled a few, but not many. Because all those models, this is one of the few times I'm saying I'm glad polling models were wrong. Because as bad as it is, and now the latest model says about we're going to lose 60,000 Americans when this is all said and done, it's better than the 240,000 before that and better than the 2.2 million or 4 million that they said could have happened if we didn't have the travel ban, the quarantines, which hadn't been done in 50 years, uh, the subsequent travel bans. All this factors in. That's why the media is so obnoxiously, abusively corrupt. They are a, they are a negative force in this society. But anyway... As we said, if patterns hold, we have the leveling. We seem to be there with the beginning of the decline, which usually becomes precipitous again if patterns hold. Um, And we're seeing that even in the epicenter in in New York. Now, Governor Cuomo, I've been critical of, you know, has come around. And you know what? In the end, this this worked. You know, most of my criticism was like, I need 40,000 ventilators. Okay, he got, we got all the ventilators, New York, needed and thankfully more than we needed because when you get to the ventilator part it's not it's not the ideal place to be and he's now saying forcefully donald trump delivered for new york and he did 
Hospitals built, manned personnel, masks, ventilators, all of that stuff. But now reopening New York is going to be hard. Then you got the media mob. I mean, they have been as disgusting and repulsive as they've ever been. You know, smears, slander, besmirchment of this president. None of them ever can say, you know what? The travel ban was a great decision. Saved Americans from contracting these, this disease and exponentially dying. I have said for the last three years, they are a destructive force now in the country. And don't think it's just Trump they hate. They, they have contempt for those of us that like Trump. For them, it's all about politics. I guess they think they're smarter and they know better. We're not going to carry their press. They've been saying this for weeks. The president calls them out on how wrong they were, and they can't handle even a slight amount of criticism. You know, it's like if Donald Trump's successful, you know, what, that's their failure because they've committed three-plus years of their lives hating on this guy? If you can't acknowledge, if you don't have the intellectual honesty to say the travel ban subsequent bans and the quarantine for the first time in 50 years worked they're not honest they're, they're incapable of having an honest discussion with you know the same people that covered for hillary and the espionage act the same people that say they care about obstruction of justice ignoring the deleted emails and the bleach bit the same people russia trump collusion ignored her dirty bought and paid for unverifiable Russian dossier that was used to spy on a candidate and then a president at an unprecedented abuse of power, which the mob and the media ignored also. I mean, they, they, they care about quid pro quos. They, they totally covered for Joe and zero experience Hunter. The same people, the same bad actors, Russia, 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 Ukraine, 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 impeach, impeach, impeach. Then if Donald Trump, I'd said it, but now it's truer than ever. If this guy cured cancer, he built in 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 a less than a month, 3000 hospital beds at the Javits Center. He sent thousands of ventilators, all the masks that everybody needed. He has all the production up and running. He has the public private partnerships. They don't ever say a good word about this guy. It's it that's them. And meanwhile, their words if discussed and we go through their timelines, they were the worst of anybody. And, you know, that's just where we are as a country. But that's not the 80% of the country. Most people, you know, they, they sense the seriousness of it. And now they're, they're sensing the urgency of getting this country back to work safely. And I don't hear many solutions from them. But if there's one thing we've learned as a country from moments of great crisis, it's that the spirit of looking out for one another can't be restricted to our homes or our workplaces, or our neighborhoods, or our houses of worship, it also has to be reflected in our national government. The kind of leadership that's guided by knowledge and experience, honesty and humility, empathy and grace. That kind of leadership doesn't just belong in our state capitals and mayor's offices. It belongs in the White House. And that's why I'm so proud to endorse Joe Biden for President of the United States. Choosing Joe to be my vice president was one of the best decisions I ever made, and he became a close friend. And I believe Joe has all the qualities we need in a president right now. Six policy working groups, one on the economy, one on education, one on criminal justice, it should be reform, not punishment, one on immigration, climate change, and the economy. 
We're going to finally achieve comprehensive immigration reform as well, put millions of citizens on a pathway to citizenship, including so many who are on the front lines right now. We hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created by go, you know, the, you know, the thing. You know, the thing, the thing, the thing. It was one of the best decisions I ever made. Picking quid, pro, quo, gee, ever confused Joe. Um, well, what does it mean? Is it going to mean anything? Anyway, uh, a lot of analysis I'm reading early as it relates to, yeah, Joe Biden has not exactly been a leader. I mean, it was kind of a, a pathetic attempt at, here's my plan to open the, the economy. You need testing and you need, I'm like, okay, the guy can't do a podcast without remembering that he's in front of a camera. Never mind Super Thursday. Never mind every time he opens his mouth, it's a gaff a second. I mean, probably for the Democrats, you know, the, the, the fact that Joe is in hiding in his basement and gave up those, those podcasts, which, you know, pretty much everyone in America is a talk show host now. You, you can put up a video podcast in seconds and you're up. His, his team couldn't pull it off. And as they write out these papers for him and these statements, uh, whatever. Anyway, but with that said, there's always the part of Sean Hannity that believes the following. If you're a Republican and you want to win the presidency, you've got to thread the needle. What does that mean? Well, no Republican has ever won the presidency without the great state of Ohio, the Buckeye state. Uh, then you got to win North Carolina. Then you got to win Florida. Then you obviously have to pick off Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Michigan. And well, I would say Minnesota was in more play than we ever knew, uh, in 2016. Then you got to put in play, hopefully, uh, Arizona and New Mexico and Nevada and New Hampshire. And maybe if you really, things go really well, well, you know, you can, you can put other states in play. I think Virginia is now gone from purple to solidly blue at this point. Uh, but anyway, here to help break it down, and we don't know. I mean, it's 203 days till Election Day and COVID-19 and the shutdown of the economy. Because, it's, look, if you think the, the media mob and the Democrats are critical of the president's response uh, to COVID-19, when I don't think anybody could have... Mo- put together a, a, a medical mobilization at this level other than Trump and do it so successfully uh, where now they had, you know, we could have lost 2.4 uh, million Americans, according to estimates, the January 31st travel ban and then quarantine and then subsequent travel bans, untold tens of thousands of Americans would have likely have otherwise contracted the virus and exponentially build that out mathematically to how many thousands uh potentially would be dead and how exponentially worse this would be it's incalculable but he was criticized for it all being led by joe biden who now two months and three days late says oh i support the travel ban uh john mclaughlin and matt towery are with us uh these are unprecedented times i don't know we had the best economy everything firing on all cylinders this happens um we've been able to mitigate the predicted numbers of Americans dying, and hopefully those numbers will get lower even. Um, but then we have rebound issues we have to deal with. Then we have to open up, you know, how do we open up a restaurant in New York again? How do we open up a bar in New York? How do we have sporting events? Uh, these are not simple issues, but they're all big part of a big part of the economy. And 
What is the impact of two point two trillion and four trillion and you know other monies that they want to allocate for this? Uh, Matt Towery, we'll start with you. There's a lot of unknowns here. There are a lot of unknowns, but I, I, and and I never get worked up, as you know, Sean. I'm pretty dispassionate on my polling, but. I watched that press conference yesterday in which the president, the, the, the members of the press need to go and find Georgetown University and the philodemic uh, society they have for debating and join the debating club because they look idiotic in these press conferences. And I know they think the president looks bad, but they're the ones who are looking bad. This president has mobilized his country beyond measure. And not only on the health side, but we've had phenomenal action on the part of the federal government to back up an economy that was collapsing. This makes 2008 look like nothing. And not only has he done it once, he's looked at it again. He's, he's goaded the Fed to do things that they were not doing before. He has responded at every level. And the proof is in the pudding. Fox News, he always complains about the Fox News polls. We all know that. Fox News poll comes out this weekend. The president has his highest approval rating he's had in Fox, on a Fox News poll in recent years. That is the proof in the pudding. The media. And by the way, I've never liked the. And this has nothing to do with Fox News. It's an outside service. But I mean, I've I've never thought it was particularly conservative in its its methodology either. Uh, Just the opposite. To be honest with you, I've never thought they were all that good. And I did the Fox affiliate stuff. Well, you you now are in charge of all the Fox affiliates. And I've looked at your numbers and they're very different, actually. Um, Yeah. Go ahead. And well, I'm just, I'll wind up and say, well, I'm doing some Fox Village stuff, but I, I, not as much as I used to because I'm getting out of it again. But my point is the national polling shows two things. The press is rated very poorly other than one Pew poll, which, of course, always uh, is trying to help the newspapers. The polling that you have on the media during COVID-19, they're in the tank. The president is <laughs> rising. So who's winning in that, in that press conference? That's, the, that's what I want to know. The president. What do you think, John McLaughlin? Well, I think, I, you know, since I, since I work for the president and, and you and I have known him for years, normally I get a handful of calls that, oh, he shouldn't have picked that fight, done that. Yesterday I was getting phone calls from friends saying that was a beatdown. I was getting texts and emails saying they thought it was entirely fair. And when you think of the political situation that we're in, as Matt was saying, two weeks ago we released a poll where this is 9-11 and 2008 combined. This is this is like a, a terrorist attack on the United States and a financial crisis like we haven't seen. We haven't seen anything like this since since World War II. You got 44% of the voters in our last survey said the country was already in recession. Two-thirds said it was getting worse. But you know what's amazing is, as Matt's saying, the, the president's job approval, particularly on the economy, is high. There's a Harris poll that's out today. It's over uh, 2,800 voters. And on economics, they give the president job approval 57 to 43, they approve. On saving jobs in America, it's 58, 42. At the worst of economic times, they trust him to get us out of this. And what the Democrats are freaking out, and and you can't forget, talk about the disrespect from the press. The Democrats are running tens of millions of dollars in attack ads at this time in our president, particularly in the battleground states and particularly targeted independent voters. I mean, we could never have done this to Barack Obama or Bill Clinton. You couldn't attack the president in a time of national emergency. Here you've got the Democrats doing it with a candidate who's hiding in the basement and the liberal media is cheerleading for it. I mean, the, the country's it, it's revolted by the kind of partisan politics at a time when they need the president to be able to lead them out of this crisis. And the president is doing exactly that. 
Well, I mean, on every level, I've never seen a medical mobilization such as this. I've, I've never seen, you know, the entire book on future pandemics has been rewritten, starting with travel bans and quarantines. We haven't used a quarantine in 50 years. Subsequent travel bans. Joe was saying xenophobic, uh, hysterical xenophobia and fear mongering. Others were calling him racist. The mob and the media saying racist and xenophobic and Yet, I mean, it's incalculable how that one decision, this is 10 days, Matt Towery, after the first identified case of coronavirus in America. I, I, I've talked to people in the room. There were 20 people plus in the room. Nobody said that's a good idea. He did it anyway. Well, first of all, let's look at this Anthony Fauci situation. It is very clear that Fauci and the president have been working together. The media has tried to drive a wedge between those two men through a crisis every step of the way. And what did what happened yesterday? Fauci gets up and says they're misinterpreting what I'm saying. I said, if we'd started earlier, would we save lives? Well, of course, if you started earlier, you could shut the whole country down and no one would die. But the president took action early on and Fauci gave him credit. He said not one single time did he go to the president. Not once did he say, Mr. President, you should do so and so or this or that or the other. And the scientist said it. And the president every time said, do it. I was glad Fauci did that yesterday. Absolutely. You know, everyone's talking about the president slammed the press. Listen, Fauci didn't know. And this is not a criticism. Nobody knew the Chinese were lying to us. That did not help. Could have all been prevented or 95 percent prevented. Um, but we didn't, you know, Fauci was saying low risk on February 29th. That, I mean, the president was listening to them, but that's a month after his travel ban. I don't hear anybody in the media mob, Matt Towery or John McLaughlin, giving the president in retrospect credit. You know, Joe Biden wow. pathetically coming out two months and three days later saying he supports it is just pathetic to me. Well, well, this is it's very clear what it's all about. It's all politics for the liberal national media. They're afraid that Donald Trump is going to be successful and get reelected. They were afraid of that before. Look, they've spent three years trying to impeach the guy. And now we find out that they spied on our campaign based on a phony dossier that Hillary Clinton paid for. So they're, you know, they're really. Okay, but now, but here's here's the thing. The next thing is, all right, after we get past. You know, once the dramatic precipitous decline happens and we're, we're mitigating and managing hotspots, what are they going to say? Then we're going to get the second quarter GDP numbers, second quarter unemployment numbers. You don't have to be an economist, an MIT scholar to know those numbers are going to suck. Uh, right. how, do we get a V recovery or, you know, and how important, you know, when the Democrats are saying, look what he did to the economy. Uh does he get the blame for that, considering the country demanded this re- this action? Well, I think it's a matter of managing expectations, Sean. I mean, whether it's a U or a V, and it looks like it'll be sort of a soft U, uh, the president, first of all, can point to what he achieved before this happened. He can point to the fact that had he not acted as he did, it would have been much worse. And he can also point, I mentioned this earlier, to the incredible, never has government done so much to shore up so many areas of the economy and, and, and areas of, of business, area, the markets, whether the capital markets, whether it's the stock market, whether it's mortgages, they have gone everywhere they can. Never has this happened before. So you talk about mobilizations. It's not just a health care mobilization. He has literally saved the economy of this country. Now, admittedly, the Democrats had to come along 
but he he was dragging them across. And of course, right now we can't get the second round of SBA loans done yet because the Democrats are playing games on that too. Yeah, because they don't want a clean bill on anything. Matt Towery, John McLaughlin, stay where you are. How does this all play out in 203 days? We'll ask them when we get back. All right, rolling along our pollsters, John McLaughlin, Matt Towery are with us. Uh, all right, so how does this now play out? Assuming now we've had the leveling, now we're seeing a decline, hopefully patterns hold, precipitous decline, economic uh, numbers that are going to scare the hell out of everybody, hopefully followed by a robust recovery. How does it play out, John McLaughlin? By the way, your, your, your point is they factored in that there's going to be a huge short-term unemployment spike. People know it. They've been let go. They've been, uh, Goldman Sachs said yesterday it could be as high as 20%. But it's short term because they expect to go back to work. So Trump's put in a plan where as hospitalizations go down, businesses reopen, we'll have to fight to make sure that the Democrats don't sabotage the recovery. So he wants to fight to suspend the payroll tax cut and do other things. And then he puts in a plan to accelerate the development of testing antibodies and vaccines. Trump gets reelected, and guess what? We probably take the House with it. Not just him getting reelected. These plans succeed. We take the House back, too. Matt, what pitfalls do you see, and how do you see it playing out? Pitfalls are we go back too soon without something to trace and also something to treat. I think we'll have a – th- there's one group looking at prophylactic right now. I just re- read about that. I think it's very promising. But you have – you have you have to have a way to treat this. You have to way to keep, have a way to find a way to trace it without treading on liberties, which I think they'll find. And you have to find a way to roll the economy back in stages because we don't want a setback. They would use that against the president and destroy him with it. So that's what we have to avoid. Given that Donald Trump will be reelected president of the United States because the American people realize what they've witnessed, and that is a miracle given where we could have been had he not been in that presidency, Lord help us it's the it's the biggest most massive the fastest medical mobilization in history and it and and thankfully you know we 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 could have lost millions of people here but we can't let the cure be worse than the problem i'm worried about all this money they're spending but we'll see how that unfolds the quicker people get back to work you know the easier it will be for everyone in the end all right matt thank you Uh, John McLaughlin, thank you. Talk soon. When we come back, wide open phones. We expect the president, Coronavirus Task Force. When that happens, we'll bring that to you as well. All right, 25 till the top of the hour. All right, you're out on the road. What's the last thing you need is a car breaking down. Now, I don't know if you've ever opened the hood of your car recently. It's not what it used to be when I did my own tune-ups and brakes and starters and alternators and solenoids and everything in between yeah i did it all myself i liked it i even used to do body work paint cars uh made the mistake once of spraying uh this one particular paint without the proper respirator i have a nice couple of uh, scars on my lungs that was stupid imaron is the name of the paint but anyway if you break down on the road and you have an expensive repair that's what carshield.com is all about in other words, whether your car has 5,000, 155,000 miles on it, uh, yeah, they will take care of a covered repair. And the reason is they're so expensive because of technology advancements. And you get to choose your favorite mechanic or dealership. Uh, you can get rid of one other service. They offer included 24-7 roadside assistance, coast to coast. And they offer a rental car if your car breaks and is being fixed. This way, those expensive repairs are covered. That's why you have insurance. Well, that's what CarShield.com is all about. 
If you go to carshield.com, call 800-CAR-6000, mention my name, Hannity, uh, all of those things will be yours, and you'll be covered for an expensive repair because it's very expensive. All right, for uh, those uh, affiliates along the Sean Hannity Show Network, we'll continue our now standard practice, which is if the coronavirus task force briefing begins, we will go to it live and we'll say our goodbyes as soon as we go to it because uh, they tend to go on for a while um, and uh, leave it up to individual stations as to their break structure. Um, Thank you for all for your understanding. We're trying to get the most information out. Not exactly the... uh, uh, not exactly usual times we're living in. I'll say that. Uh, we got an amazing Hannity tonight, uh, 9 Eastern Secretary of State Mike Pompeo. There is a lot coming out on China that I'm beginning to have a lot of questions about. We'll ask the secretary about that. Uh, also, Sarah Sanders, Lindsey Graham, Dan Bongino, Geraldo. Uh, we'll have the latest on the economy. Dr. Oz on a medical update and much, much more. Um, one other thing that I want to say, so that's 9 Eastern is so many Americans have been amazing. I did just in the midst of the worst of all of this. And thank God, all of these hospital beds that were built, you know, by the president, Army Corps of Engineers, you know, this this frenetic pace to get ventilators and shields and masks and gloves and respirators. It's been a medical mobilization. I don't know. You know, if you if you think back to like March 4th, let's pick that date, you know, Anderson Cooper. Ah, you can worry about the flu more. And we're going to get lectured by CNN. It's just pathetic. Uh, even, you know, in New York, you know, Governor Cuomo thought our health care system can handle it. Nobody knew. I'm not blaming him. Uh, I'm not blaming Dr. Fauci February 29th saying that, you know, the, the risk is low because nobody knew. And we had all been lied to. That's a that's a part of it. And it became bigger. But the but the the bit the other story is this is that you see greatness in this country. You see a mobilization like we'd never seen, a medical mobilization we've never seen before. You know, the idea that GM and Ford are making ventilators and and that all of these Companies come together to serve their fellow Americans. I mean, you know, those evil pharmaceutical companies aren't so evil, are they? Those evil Walmart stores are not so evil, are they? The drug stores, the pharmaceutical companies, all of them come on. They're not so evil. Then you have all these other companies and individuals across the country donating money and supplies and planes and Robert Kraft sends a plane to China to pick up N95 masks and, you know, the My Pillows of the world and all these other companies going all in and, and reconfiguring their manufacturing capability. You know, we've learned a lot. It's been a hard lesson. But when you think of what could have happened and you think of, okay, how, wow, travel bans will be pretty much standard going forward. Public-private partnerships will be standard going forward. States will have no excuses not being prepared for any emergency, the lack of preparedness on the state levels. And I'm not pointing fingers. I'm just stating facts has been so low. Um, the fact that, you know, we we're able to muscle through all of this and, and on the front lines watching the greatest scientists and and doctors and medical professionals and nurses and and even you know janitors that work in hospitals cleaning up the rooms they're putting their lives at risk too
Then you see people that are medical frontline workers that they contract the virus and they get well and they go back into the, the war zone because it's like a war zone. And we've never had this before. Um, you see the usual suspects, unfortunately, doing what they do, which is the worst. The mob and the media, they are just repulsive. There is I, words I can't even I can't even think of the adjectives to describe how awful they are and they've i've said it many times over the last three years that what they're doing is dangerous and hurting the country well it's how it's evident now you know democrats delaying aid to displaced hourly workers and small businesses and hospital workers and big businesses i i I mean it's unbelievable we're trying to add an enhancement to the ppp payments that they're making for, for businesses, and we can't pay, pass a straight bill. That bipartisan part, they can't do it. They want changes in election laws. They want changes in immigration laws. They're insisting on more monies for their pet projects, trying to bail out some governors that have misappropriated all their funds that want to want to balance their budgets off the backs of the hardworking American people. You see greatness. You see goodness. You see compassion. You see strength. You see ingenuity. You know, five-minute testing, a sequencing of viruses in record time, working in cl- clinical trials towards vaccines. You see all of this, and it's, it's inspiring. And then you see the worst, and it's predictable. But there's more good than bad. The American people are inherently a great good people. They really are. I mean, the stories that you read, the things that you witness, the the observations I make is they're all good. This virus doesn't care if you're a Republican or Democrat, conservative or liberal. And I said that early on numerous times, too. Um, but it is what it is. I just want to applaud those that have stepped up, gone above and beyond, and now put together what will be studied. This, this new book that has been written as it relates to dealing with medical emergencies, pandemics, etc. It's going to save lives down the road. I doubt it's going to be called xenophobic, a travel ban going forward. Let's say hi to Adam is in Connecticut. Adam, how are you? Glad you called. Thanks for taking my call. We, we really need your help here. We need to start. Why can't we start advocating that healthy people get to volunteer to take these vaccines right away you know, by the hundreds if needed. And then as soon as they think that they're building their immunity, we expose them to the virus and see if it works. I mean, it, it just, it's blowing my mind that we're... we're well, hang on. You know, what makes you think... Slow down. We already are in trials for a vaccine, number one. Number we're two... In trials, but there's when you 20... read about them, they're, they're being done 20, 30 people at a time. Like, we need to storm the well, beaches here. Like, get 500 okay, people, you volunteer. Hang on a second. There's there's 20 yeah. separate tracks we now have going on simultaneously for vaccines. Israel, they're moving into trials. Uh, a, a company in Pittsburgh, they, they've been able to do this quicker than other companies. They're in the trial phase. The government's in the trial phase. You know, look, I, I understand. Look, for the treatment aspect, you know, what is, you know, do no harm, Um. Look, I think all of that is happening. I just maybe you just want to just stick people with the virus and see if it sticks. It's not it's not as simple as that. These things are a little more complicated. I'm, I'm not so sure I would want to volunteer to get the virus 
uh, right now for a vaccine. But they, but they know what they're doing. But in the meantime, that's why we deal with the army we have, which is hydroxychloroquine, which we pointed out over and over again that Dr. Daniel Wallace says is safe and risks are nil. I hear what you're saying. It just it feels like we're being way too cautious here. I mean, we're at a war. You need troops on the front line who are willing to put their lives on the line to get this done now. When when Fauci says it's going to be 12, 18 months, and then you read into what that 12 to 18 months requires so that you're not asking people to risk their lives. Well, that's lives. why these studies it's, it's, on hydroxychloroquine needs to just... That's why these studies, that's why what Governor Christie Nome was telling us today is important. That's why what they're doing at Cedar sinai uh, uh, in Los Angeles is interesting with this Dr. Watson. That's why the Columbia Presbyterian, you know, does it have prophylactic qualities, hydroxychloroquine, similarly, NYU Langone. I mean, look, I never thought I'd know as much about any virus or these things that I'd ever dream of studying, knowing, asking questions. But they're they're all happening. I you have to there has to be the, the reason the hydroxychloroquine piqued my interest is summed up by by Dr. Wallace. Forty two years in practice. No patient of mine has ever been hospitalized for an HCQ complication. The people with rheumatoid arthritis and lupus that have been taking this drug for 65 years, he points that out. The doses we're talking about are, again, the, risk, the, the words of Daniel Wallace, Dr. Wallace, it's, the, the risk is n- nil, zero. Okay, now we have, beyond anecdotal, the Chinese study, two studies out of France, all of the anecdotal information that doctors, everyone I know in, in New York... They're prescribing it that I know, um, but you have to do it in consultation with the doctor. We're, I, we're making progress. Look, that that has changed dramatically, too, in this. You know, the FDA, off-label use, compassionate use. You know, nobody gave the president a lot of credit for right to try. I always thought that was brilliant. You're really sick. You got a death sentence. Somebody tells you you want to try this, try it. Uh, anyway, I hear what you're saying. It's I think it's happening whether this is, has prophylactic qualities is fascinating to me, though. Uh, George in Florida. How are you, George? Hey, Sean. Thanks for taking uh, my call. You know, um, Donald Trump, he's calling himself a, a wartime president, and I, I concur, concur with that. And, you know, and as the, as the virus plays out, I think he's becoming a, more of a, a Churchillian leader right in front of our eyes. Because, you know, when, when London was, was, had their backs against the wall, and they're the only country back in 1940. He got on the radio waves and talked to their country. He gave them hope. He gave them hope against uh, the, the, the evil uh, Hitler and the, and, the, and the Germans. And he calmed them down. And, and he told them, you know, we'll take the fight to the beaches, just like we're taking the virus, the fight of the virus in the hospitals. We're taking it into the neighborhood, just like we're taking it into our central parks. He's the, he's he's giving us hope, but you know, could, but can you imagine, Sean, back then, if some if Churchill was giving was telling us this will be our finest hour, a a a journalist got on the on, on the radio with him and said, excuse me, Prime Minister, but are are you giving us a false hope? You know what what type of what would that have led to in our history if we had these what I call Trojan horse. Uh, propagandists in in the in the on the airwaves with the BBC with Churchill during that time it would be a totally different 
a different country. And, and you know, looking back, uh, the propagandists at that time, they had, they actually got on their airwaves to just to give, uh, to distill hope, to, to receive the doubt. They had people like uh, Tokyo Rose giving bad data. They had people like uh, 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 Lord Haw Haw giving uh, just seeds of hopelessness. And they had someone else who called someone called Axis Sally who tried to unsettle the listeners. And today we have those three people. We have Axis Sally 50 feet from our president in the left in the White House correspondence pool. We let have me just let me, let me help you out here because I, I hear everything you're saying. I was glad the president, you know, I don't know what else I can say. The mob and the media. It is I don't everybody can see it. You can see it. You know, Churchill in the middle of the bombing of Britain. And you raise a good point, George. He went out every day, you know, bombing of London, bombing of Britain. And he walked among the people. We'll fight him in the hills, we'll fight him in the sea, you know, blood, tile, taz, and sweat. He fought. He rallied a nation. This is the biggest medical mobilization, the most successful one that we've ever seen. Now, I don't know what else they want him to do building hospitals in less than a month, numerous hospitals, you know, getting the ventilators that no state had in place, you know, moving forward with the the shields, the masks, the gowns, the gloves, you know, the president is right. I mean, governors have a responsibility here, but you know, it wasn't there. He saw a problem and he, and he mobilized everyone and then the American people and American ingenuity and american corporations and all these companies that were taught to hate they rose to the occasion and the medical field rose to the occasion i'll give you the last word yeah just but just like history it backfired on the propagandists because just think about last week when people tuned into the uh rachel uh, uh the uh, tokyo rachel zero hour and when she was selling hopelessness to the people how many People in the Navy said, well, she said this, this, these boats will not, these ships will not get up there for three or four weeks. She probably stirred them up, got them motivated, and they got those ships up to, uh, up to New York Harbor in less than and just a little bit over the week. So they are actually stirring. They're doing the opposite. 3,000 3, beds at the Javits Center built in under three weeks. Biggest hospital in the country. Then it adopted to take on COVID-19 patients, which meant the entire ventilation system had to be dealt with. Never have we seen anything like this. Thank God we didn't need all those beds. All right, wrapping things up. Full, complete coverage. All you need to know. And we're not the media mob. We'll never be the media mob. We seek the truth. 203 days till Election Day. The big endorsement Biden gets today. Anyway. See you tonight at 9, back here tomorrow. As always, thank you for being with us.